it's the not knowing that drives you the most crazy, the not knowing what happened. I just thought, you know, wow, okay, this, this is, something's wrong. Because right now everybody's a person of interest. Oh, I still have hope that we can find the answers. March 6, 2020. Then President Donald Trump was tackling the first months of the coronavirus pandemic. Roddy Rich had the number one song with The Box on the Billboard Hot 100. The magical world of Disney's Onward had its opening day and would go on to make $142 million. And on March 6th, a missed ride to work raised the first red flag into the disappearance of a young man from Washera County that has left his family devastated and determined to find the truth. I'm Cassandra Cepeda, and this is Forgotten. John Jake Morgan, waiting for answers. Fast forward, March 8th was a typical Sunday morning for Michelle Zartner. She was living in Arizona with her sister, Christine Ernst, far away from the lingering winter in Wisconsin. It's where she once lived and where her two children currently call home. It was typical until she got a message from her son's father. He said no one had seen their son, John Jake Morgan, for two days. So I started reaching out to um, some of his friends, um, the person who had reported to his his father that they haven't, they spoke to him um, late, uh, late Thursday and um, that she hadn't been able to get a hold of him since then. This wasn't typical for John. The people in his life say he was always in contact with them, was consistent on social media, and was a good friend who wouldn't just ghost them. Well, as a son, he was a great son. Um, crazy at times. He, he was always in sports and very active throughout everything that he did. Um, I, you know, being a mom of a teenager going into, you know, early 20s, um, we had our normal family challenges that you have as your children are growing up and, you know, but I, he is a great person with a great heart and always willing to help other people. You know, he was good at helping other people, maybe not as good at helping himself. That was John's aunt, Christine. She says as soon as they heard about John's disappearance, they went to work. They began calling friends in Wisconsin, making posts on Facebook, and doing whatever they could while being in Arizona. But at the end of the day, they felt hopeless, which is why the pair booked two tickets to Wisconsin within a matter of days. And so we got there on Thursday. We met with his friend who was who initially told his dad that she couldn't get a hold of him and she was panicking. Christine is talking about John's friend. We'll call her Kim. Kim is described as a very close friend of John, but it's unclear if they had a romantic relationship. Here's how Captain Detective Nick Traeger with the Wapaka County Sheriff's Office describes their connection. I don't know if I classify as a partner, but she gave him a lot of rides to work and back. Uh, she also provided him a cell phone so that they could communicate. So I can't say officially they were dating. However, they seemed the closest. And this female was supposed to give John a ride to work Friday morning, and he never contacted her. 
This piece of information is very important because John didn't drive. I think this is the right time to introduce the timeline of what we know about John's last accounted for hours. On Thursday, March 5th, John finished his shift at the A&W in Watoma around 5.30 in the evening and got a ride to his home in Wyowega from Kim. Cell phone records show they texted and talked on the phone until about 11.30 that night. It's also the last time he made a status update on Facebook. About an hour later, he was picked up from his home by a former classmate who we're gonna call Haley. Investigators believe the two made it back to Haley's home in King, which is a small community just west of Wapaka. At approximately 2.30 a.m. on Friday, John and Haley are seen on surveillance video of a gas station in the Wapaka area. Police believe the pair went back to Haley's home after. I know I'm naming a lot of towns and times, but I think it's important to understand how far away they are from one another. If you are a visual person like me, we included a map at WSAW.com to make it a little easier to understand. At 3.28 a.m., John's phone shows he made a call to Kim to set up a ride for work later that morning. About 45 minutes later, he sent a final text. At 5.15, he received another text, but that one was never opened. His phone last pinged in the King area at 9 a.m. But John never showed up for his 10 a.m. shift at the A&W and never collected his paycheck. So the female friend that was going to give him a ride uh, lives in the general area. However, they communicate by phone and he never came to her house. He never contact contacted her for a ride to go to work or anything like that, which is very unusual. Two pretty big red flags. During our interview with police, they were clear in saying that John was with Haley for several hours. What's not entirely clear is if they were alone. According to detectives, they believe another person was at the house at some point. However, because of a lack of cooperation, they can't confirm if that person had any contact with John or anyone else was there. Haley did tell police that John walked out of her home at eight in the morning and that was the last time she saw him. Mind you, it was March in Wisconsin. I had our News Channel 7 meteorologist look back in the records on March 6, 2020, and it was a cold morning with mid to high 20s and snow still on the ground. Most of the lakes were still frozen over, which means it's highly unlikely he would have walked any great distance. A quick Google search estimates it would have taken him nearly five hours to make the walk back home, and his job is even farther. It's nearly 24 miles, making it an eight-hour trek by foot. Early in the investigation, the sheriff's office got a tip that John was seen in the Appleton area. They say he may have extended family or friends there. Yeah, so video surveillance at the bus stop, we were able to determine that was not correct. And then... Uh, the other places, either an officer went to follow up or got surveillance footage to disprove the tip. So right away, a dead end. In the months following, the sheriff's office was granted a search warrant to investigate the home where John was last seen on County Highway Double Q. It's a small home in a touristy area next to a popular bar. Traeger says the state crime lab went through the house and did some minor digging outside of the home. 
But when I asked if cadaver dogs were used, here's what he said. They did, and they can't speak on what was found or not found. Through my months of putting this series together, I've learned that it is completely normal for authorities to keep certain information private and not share it with the public. I understand that it can help keep the integrity of the case, but I also understand how frustrating that can be for those on the outside looking in, which often leaves room for the rumor mill to start running. And I wanna take a moment to clear up a couple of them. The first being assumptions after the search in King at Haley's home. The belief that John was hit over the head with a shovel and dismembered, I don't believe is accurate. About a month after the search for John began, a 27-year-old man named Chad Anderson was reported missing. His remains were found in August of 2020 in the township of Lind, which is about nine miles southeast of King. As you can imagine, there was a lot of speculation about if these two men were connected. Over email, I asked Detective Traeger about this specifically, and he says Anderson's death was ruled a suicide and there is no evidence that ties them together. In terms of evidence, the detective said they never found John's phone and wouldn't say what crews found during their search warrant in King. Whatever it was, obviously, it alone isn't enough to solve this crime. So I asked him, what will it take? Cooperation. <laughs> uh, I believe that we have a good idea on what happened, but there are a couple people that need to come forward and tell the truth and cooperate. For complete transparency on my end, I think it's important to point out that John had a history with drugs and Traeger is fairly certain that played a major role in what ultimately happened to him. I think, I think this was an accident that people got scared and didn't know what to do and did not want law enforcement involved. Yes, we believe that too. I, um, I believe that, that that day that he didn't leave on his own. For years, his mom says John battled his addiction and was on probation at the time of his disappearance. Well, at first, I think that that was part of one of the reasons why um, the police were a little hesitant to um, look further into it, thinking that, you know, he, these people, you know, be gone for days and no one hears from them. But she says, John was on a road to sobriety, even if some days were more challenging than others. Since John was technically living in Washera County when he went missing, the investigation was originally led by police there, but it was eventually handed over to Opaka County since King was the last place he was known to be. Since Detective Traeger has taken over, he says drugs continue to be a challenge when it comes to working this case. Parts of it make it complicated, uh, trying to speak with individuals that uh, don't always like law enforcement or have been incarcerated, don't always cooperate the most. I asked if John might have left the area because of his past with the law. Maybe he was running from something or someone. Um, we knew John had an active probation warrant, so we weren't sure if he was trying to avoid um, being arrested on his warrant, uh, but ultimately, 
we didn't get anything that provided us information as to where he would have gone. His mom says, yes, John had his issues, but whatever trouble he got in, he always dealt with the consequences regardless of what they were and knows she would have helped in whatever way she could. I would get phone, a phone call and I've had the same phone number for years. And um, so that's, it's like, you know, if something happened, I know that he knows my number, he knows I will answer the call. Michelle doesn't have any plans to change that number either. Not until they get the answers they so desperately deserve. I think Michelle and I often talk that we're never gonna give up um, until we find out what happened to him. Do it for the family. The family is absolutely crushed. They want closure. Uh, they know Jake's past. They know his difficulties and struggles, but they also know he was a, a great person. And Jake doesn't deserve this. Over three years, Detective Traeger says his office has received more than 200 reports and continues to receive tips weekly. John's family is also offering a $10,000 reward for information that leads to an arrest of anybody involved in Jake's disappearance or for information that leads to finding him or the location of his body. But investigators say that information will likely only come from a very select group of people. I think it's a very small circle. And the reason why I believe that is because of the small town and when something big happens in a small town, at some point, somebody knows something credible. And there have been numerous interviews throughout the last three years, and there's not been much credible information provided to us. From those particular people? From the people in the community that have heard rumors or heard information. John is a brother, a friend, and a son. His loved ones deserve to know what happened regardless of the decisions he's made in the past. Please just think of if you had, if this were your child or your niece or nephew or cousin or uh, brother, sister, please just, even if you're afraid, do it anonymously. We, you know, we just want to find him. And John, if you're listening, I don't know what kind of demons have haunted you, but you should know that your family is still looking for you and they love you. You have not been forgotten. John was 22 years old when he disappeared. Today, he'd be 26. His ears and tongue are both pierced. He has a small scar believed to be on his left eyebrow and there are photos of his leg tattoos at WSAW.com. If you know something about John's disappearance, now is the time to come forward. Please call the Wapaka County Sheriff's Office at 715-258-4466 or make an anonymous tip through the P3 app available for Apple and Android devices online or at www.p3tips.com.